It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The New England Patriots released linebacker Kyle Van Noy, creating $4.1 million in salary cap savings. This was expected amongst many analysts and fans. This was clearly a cap-saving move. New England has to free up money uh, and expect more moves like this to happen, contract extension cuts, etc. Van Noy is far from being done in the NFL, but I think it's fair to say that the 2019 version of Kyle Van Noy was much better for New England than the 2021 version. This is back-to-back seasons that Van Noy finds himself released before free agency, but I really don't think he's going to struggle to find himself a job somewhere else. Other news happening today. The NFL has suspended Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley for at least the 2022 season for betting on NFL games. Yes, there was a lot of trade rumors involving Ridley and a few teams that included on that list were the Cleveland Browns and also your New England Patriots. It's an understatement to say that this affects anything that the Falcons wanted to do via trade. Two years ago, Calvin Ridley was on the trajectory of being one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and was probably ready for a gigantic payday. Uh, But after taking most of last season off and now being suspended for 2022, the outlook of his career is in question. What's up, kids? My name is Ray Rout, and welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Just a New England Patriots fan talking about the Patriots and the rest of the NFL. I don't just talk about the Patriots. I talk about football, but I always find a way to talk about the six-time, I I repeat, six-time, I mean, six-time Super Bowl champions. So obviously the two big stories we want to talk about today, clearly. I'm not frozen. I'm just messing with you guys. Clearly, we're going to talk about Calvin Ridley being suspended. We're going to talk about Kyle Van Noy uh, being released and a a smattering of other things if we have time. But we run out of time very quickly on this show. Guys, I'm a member of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Head on over to DeanBlundell.com and see everything that I'm doing over there, as well as over 100 podcasts and content creators from sports, news, politics, entertainment, and more. DeanBlundell.com has everything that you're looking for. If you're a fan of the Dear Pat's Nation podcast and you're looking for a place to get all of my content, head on over to rayroute.com. That's R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. You'll find all the latest episodes of the Dear Pat's Nation podcast, plus my latest and newest videos, blogs, merch store, and more. Go check out rayroute.com. That's R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com for all my newest content all in one place. And hey, if you're looking for exclusive Dear Passage content, head on over to the Patreon page. Become a loyalty club member for only $5 a month. Here's the perks you get for joining the Patreon page. You get the live video version of the Dear Passage podcast. You get direct access to me. Send me a message and I guarantee that I'll answer it. Your comments and questions will be answered on every episode of the Dear Passage podcast. Plus, every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can join the Patreon hangout with all of the loyalty club members. So for only $5 a month, you get exclusive videos. You get your comments and questions 
questions answered and you get the Friday hangout. So come check out the Patreon page over at www.patreon.com slash DPN sports. With that being said, let's get this show started. How are you guys doing today? Hope that you're doing well. We had uh, the most schizophrenic weather day ever here. Didn't do anything that it was calling for. It was supposed to stop snowing at 6 o'clock. It's snowing pretty hard right now. But we started out this morning with frozen rain. It then turned to regular rain. It then converted into snow. And now it's been snowing like crazy. I got stuck behind a plow on my way home going 40 kilometers an hour down the highway. Just absolutely fantastic. One of those days. A little bit of an update. Yesterday we talked a little bit about the Sunday blues, right? Everybody's got to go back to work on Monday. I'm going to tell you. The Sunday blues did not translate into the Monday blues for me. I woke up with a little pep in my step this morning. I hope the rest of you did too. Maybe it's just dreading Monday and it's not actually Monday that I hate. Maybe it's the idea of not being able to just lounge on my couch for the first three hours after I open my eyes in the morning. That's why I do my most tweeting on Sunday mornings because I'm just lounging on my couch is what I do. But uh, yeah, no, I was pretty happy that the Sunday Blues didn't translate the Monday, but it was actually a very productive day for me today. A lot of work, a lot of stories today. My God. I just posted eight, eight videos up on Newsbreak, which is insane. That's the kind of day it was. I mean, everything just kept coming in. I mean, I talked a little bit about Major League Baseball, but then we talked about the Calvin Ridley suspension, Kyle Van Noy being cut man robbie anderson the page has apparently been quiet about trading for him we talked about the ravens playing chicken with lamar jackson vaughn miller just everything crazy day let's get into these patreon questions though we got a bunch of them first one comes from alex who says who could replace jc jackson as the number one cornerback well if you're asking who can replace him on the team i'm gonna say nobody the Patriots don't have a true number one cornerback on their team. It ain't Jalen Mills. It ain't Jawan Williams. It ain't Kyle Duggar. I think that if the Patriots are going to replace J.C. Jackson, if they're not going to re-sign him, which it's looking more and more like they're not. I did a mock draft today on PFF, and with the 21st pick, I took Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. And I think that he's a very viable replacement, Alex for jc jackson we covered him already in the draft prospect uh story that we did last week and we're going to get to some more draft prospects but i think that he's uh i think that he's the guy to replace him by the way you guys gotta go check it out at ray route web i dropped that i got an a on my mock draft and i addressed the cornerback wide receiver and linebacker position in the first three rounds all a grades from my uh from my draft my worst pick was a c plus when i took a punter in the sixth round but uh, yeah, no, we had a good uh, had a had a good mock draft today. One that I'd be happy about if the Patriots walked away with. But yeah, man, I don't think it's going to be anybody internal, Alex. If uh, if the Patriots are going to replace JC Jackson, it's going to be uh, externally, and I don't think it's going to be a, a player by any or um, a player, a free agent, veteran, or anything of that nature. Maybe they'll sign Tyron Matthew to replace Devin McCourty. Maybe they'll trade. Isaiah Wynn for like three first round draft picks. Mike N through the business account today just dropped a, a rage 
rant on the Twitter account. Producer Mike was upset. Uh, App says Jalen Ramsey was graded as the top cornerback in the NFL for 2021 and Jamar Chase destroyed him. In my opinion, we shouldn't pay top money to a guy that can't even defend the Bills' top wide receiver. He should pay the quarterback and build around in the draft if they want to go out and get paid good. For, if he wants to go out and get paid good for him. Uh, just cut the INTs versus the Jets and his numbers go way down. Um, the good news is the Patriots don't have to pay their quarterback for at least another four years. He's on a rookie deal. Last year, he was a rookie. Just so you guys know. Um, yeah, I hear the Stefan Diggs argument all the time when it comes to JC Jackson. Going to be real with you. I don't necessarily buy into it. Stefan Diggs burns a lot of people. Jalen Ramsey was also a reason that the Rams made it to the Super Bowl. Don't fool yourself if you don't think he wasn't. Um, the Rams kind of showed you what, what star power can do, right? Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham Jr., Jalen Ramsey. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. So I get what you're saying, but I wouldn't dismiss him that easy. Uh, Articular Pack 6 says, what move will we see uh, with the release of Van Noy? Oh, man, the move. Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin. Are you kidding me? That's why they did it. Look, the Patriots, this was a pretty, honestly, this was a pretty expected move by the Patriots. I think everybody on the planet was looking for it. Um, <laughs> I know Evan Lazar put out today, he's like, oh, man, the Patriots were already under the cap. This They might be setting up for something. I'm like, eh. They just needed to. Uh, they just needed to set up some salary cap space. So, uh, I wouldn't look too too far into it. I wouldn't get too excited about it. I mean, I think everybody thought this was coming. I don't think Kyle Van Noy was the Kyle Van Noy we had a couple of years ago. I mean, he's still good, but wasn't. Uh, and I'll be honest with you guys, I don't even necessarily dismiss Kyle Van Noy coming back on a smaller contract if he can't be happy somewhere else. I'm going to be 100 real with you. But um, Patriots got to get younger. Patriots got to do things. Patriots got some young talent. Need to hit some other talent in the draft. Um, so yeah, uh, what are they setting up for to be able to send, to sign some veteran depth in free agency before spending most of their cap space on the draft? Your says, I guess, so no Calvin Ridley since he's been suspended for one year, maybe this is time to do it. Take the cap hit. If the Patriots were in a better draft position, I would actually put out this scenario where they like, they offer Atlanta something. Actually, I don't know if you can trade a guy when he's suspended. I have to look at the real rule book for that. But if you could, this is a time that I would kind of offer up to the Falcons. Like, hey, we'll give you a fourth round pick because you're going to lose a free agent next year. Like Atlanta literally has to eat his cap hit now and get nothing in return. He's free to walk wherever he wants after this. So if they were allowed to trade him and the Patriots had the cap space, I'd say, like, go offer Atlanta, like, a fourth-round pick. At least give you the exclusive rights to try to sign a long-term contract or, like, a sixth-round pick. Uh, no guarantee he'll be on your team next year, but that's it. A lot of questions tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you. Let's bring in Producer Mike. Producer Mike, how are you? Good. What's going on, everybody? Oh, busy day today. Yeah, Definitely. 
got some news. So, uh, yeah, I mean, after a week, it's really weird. I say this all the time. Like, this is um, content creation for the National Football League this time of year is always just a bitch. We'll just say what it is. <laughs> you go an entire week with nothing, with no news. You're reaching at straws. You're doing draft profiles. And then a Monday turns around and you just get this news dump. I mean, I was, you know, I knew I, the Robbie Anderson news wasn't new today, but some more details came out. I worked yep. on that story. Then the Kyle Van Noy story. I'm like, all right, did a mock draft today. Like at first I was like building up stories too. And then it's like, hey, there's some contract issues out in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Like there's some serious, like there was some, like I started with fluff pieces and it turned into a news day. But let's talk Patriots related right now. Kyle Van Noy released from the New England Patriots, freeing up $4.1 million, which everybody on Twitter kept rounding up to $5 million. And I'm like, you're probably better to round it down to four because <laughs> it's 4.1. Yep. But uh, not, not unexpected. No, I think, uh, you know, all of us have kind of been waiting for these shoes to drop, so to speak, right? Uh, Patriots are not in a great cap spot. Um you know, freeing up just that little bit of money from him, I think, was really expected. Listen, they didn't get the production they wanted out of him last year. You mentioned that. He's looking older. I think it's realistic. They probably bring him back later in the summer uh, on some reduced deal, but it could be some kind of agreement between him and Belichick. Listen, we needed to redo your contract anyway for you to stay here. We're just going to get you off the books for now because we got to work, work some money. So see what happens. Speaking of that, does Jake Bailey stay on this team until training camp, at least in case the Patriots can't get a punter out of the draft and they just use that 4 million? Like you always got to carry two, three, four million into the season with you. Yep. Do they keep him just in case things don't work out at the draft and they need to go with him this year? I don't think so. I think his cap hit is too high and they're too, uh, too constricted as far as that number is concerned. He's almost $4 million in cap for them. Listen, they could find the worst plunger in the world for a half a million bucks and sign him. Yeah, but I have come to appreciate the weapon that Jake Bailey is and the weapon that Ryan Allen was. I mean, there's, listen, I will argue to this day that there, I could have made the legitimate case for him to be MVP, Ryan Allen, that is, to be yep. MVP of Super Bowl 53 because the field position, I mean, I don't think the Rams ever, the Rams didn't enter the Patriots half of the field until the fourth quarter. And a lot of that is, yes, the defense, of course, is a big part of it. But if they're starting at the 40-yard line, if they're starting at the third, their own 35, if they're starting at the 45, they're probably going to be in Patriots territory. They probably have a chance to throw up field goals. They have a chance to change the complexion of the game. Ryan Allen was just an absolute – and that was a down year for him, but an absolute weapon in that Super Bowl. Uh, down year for Jake Bailey this year, but an absolute weapon last year. And at times this year, I mean, pinning guys in the 20, I think he was still one of the top – punters in the league to pin within the 20 so yeah i just don't see belichick just saying okay i'm gonna sign the worst punter in the league for half a million bucks you know what i mean i think there's still it's why i i feel like i mean they i, I mean it's not the same but they re-signed ryan allen for like a million and a half and then cut him for jake bailey that same year and i to me it was almost because yeah. Belichick didn't want to risk not having a punter going into the season yeah i mean uh... <sighs> So I'm arguing, you know, what most teams would, but, you know, you could see Belichick cut Nelson Aguilar and keep Jake Bailey. So, and let's be honest, we'd all laugh about it, but 
it could happen. It's Belichick. It's special teams. He loves special teams. We allocate more resources to special teams than probably any other team in the league. So um, if I put my Patriots fan hat on versus, you know, logical looking at the cap guy. Yeah, there is a, there is a very high likelihood Jake Bailey is still on this team. Again, I just don't think it's at his current salary. I could see Belichick opening up salary cap to keep him if they feel that they can't get like a Matt uh, Arazia or what or Arzea or whatever his name is. Yeah. Like, I think that Belichick really he values punting more than people like want to admit. Yeah, because it puts his defense in a good position most of the time, right? So that that's the best way to strengthen your defense is put your your opposing offense in a bad position, right? Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I again, I, I don't think most Patriots fans are going to want to hear this. It's more likely the Patriots trade back to me at some point, pick up an extra fourth and fifth round pick, and use that on a on a punter or something like that. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I got them picking a punter in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. I think that they could do some damage in the first three rounds of this draft because it's a deep linebacker draft. It's a deep wide receiver draft and it's a deep cornerback draft. So I think that, you know, they could go any order there and really hit those three big needs. Yeah. Um, the mock drafts are really in flux right now because after the combine, uh, People are going all over the place. They're really changing it up. But yeah, like you said, deep, deep at almost all the positions we need. So I think we we could see an atypical Belichick draft knock it completely out of the park in the later rounds. Well, it's really strange too because the combine does this every year. You have your your you know set order of the big boards, and then the right. combine comes around and like we see guys jump from like the fifty fifth rated guy you know pick to the first rated pick, right. And for me, I'm like, okay, there's maybe times that they're like, hey, I really like this kid. I want to see what he does at the combine. I want to see how fast he is. I want to see if he's got that, you know, NFL strength, whatever it may be. But I don't know why draft analysts act as if all scouts and coaches are doing are watching the combine and that's how they're deciding which college player they're going to draft as if they don't already have binders upon binders upon binders of information about these kids and i mean i think belichick showed up to one day of the combine him and matt patricia and it was this big outrage amongst patriot fans like oh belichick's not showing up to the combine as if the patriots don't know anything about those guys who are on the field right there yeah, I mean, listen, you use the combine to reinforce that stuff you have in the binders and kind of confirm, okay, what we saw on the tape is is there. I, th- I think when you do it the other way around is when you kind of see people have a problem is when you go, oh, man, that guy was a burner. Like, we need to take him. That That's generally when people get overdrafted, when you get kind of sucked into the the pomp and the circumstance of the combine. Well, I also think, too, like, Say it's Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. Say he stumbles on his 40. Yeah. Does that knock mm-hmm. him to the third round, you know, 30, third round of the draft? No, it's the kid stumbled on his 40. It's going to happen. Things yeah. happen. You know, yeah, if like, you ask about Mel Kuyper, probably if you ask everybody else, no. But that's the thing. I think that draft analysts go way too deep into what happens at the combine as if there's not hours and hours and hours, like thousands of hours of tape. These kids going all the way back to like Pop Warner football. 
that the scouts yeah. could watch if they really wanted to. I mean, yeah, we know pe- I know people who are awful football players who got tape on the internet. Like <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's so easy to find tape for anybody going back to any, you know, any level of football that they ever played. I don't think that, I think the draft, again, I think you're right. I think it reinforces things about players or it maybe gives a look. What is his vertical? Can he jump? You know, we didn't really see him. And I think for that, it's like off, like, yeah, with receivers, how high can he jump? Can he win those 50, 50 balls? Uh, yep. Defensive linemen. I think the vertical is a very, big one can you get up and knock down footballs that kind of thing but i mean if i heard like oh yeah the patriots were all over andrew booth but then they watched the combine and they weren't impressed with his you know long jump um that would shock me especially for somebody like belichick because you know the way he looks at players is so much different than almost everybody else because you know you know some of his draft strategy is Who's gonna fall this year because of an injury that I can use next year? That's a lot of that's a lot of what goes into his calculus too. Well, can we also remind everybody that Mac Jones had like a terrible pro day at Alabama? Oh yeah, yeah, he didn't look great at all. It was well, there, there's that video of Belichick shaking his head like in disgust, like he was missing wide open receivers down the field. Like I didn't realize on a quarterback pro day they don't even put defenders on the guys it's literally just them making throws and he was missing wide open guys yeah but Saban told them to miss so that he would drop to 15 it was all a show yeah because San Francisco was going to drop them until that pro day <laughs> hey, and, then they, and then they were like oh my gosh no it's not going to work it's not going <laughs> to work oh no he missed a, yeah. he missed a guy Belichick you know, you know who had chess. a great it was like when uh, Colin Kaepernick had his pro day and he's like launching 40 yard, like his second pro day, his comeback one. And like, you know, and I get it. Like his people were defending him, but like, oh, your quarterback couldn't do this. I'm like, any quarterback could do that. I like, I could borderline if I, I could probably throw it about 10 yards shorter than that, but I could almost do what he's doing right now. Like, yeah, you, know, you like, could throw it deep and make it look good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He looks good throwing to open receivers. Absolutely. Not right. going to take that away from him. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think of this Calvin Ridley thing, though? I was saying to you before the show, this is your kind of first year in content creation during this point of the season. And uh, you went upon yourself to put together this two year plan. You've released chunks of it. You had uh, a deal worked out for JC Jackson. You had a trade and a deal worked out for Calvin Ridley. You had a whole bunch of stuff all set up to go. Um, uh, it looks like JC Jackson is walking. It looks like Calvin Ridley, uh, well, the Calvin Ridley definitely won't be with the Patriots this year, suspended for the season for gambling on games. I mean, in my opinion, if, if Pete Rose is, is kicked out of baseball, Calvin Ridley should be kicked out of football. But yeah, I joke, I joke, people. I know. Uh, Pete for the Hall, by the way. Um, what do you think of the Calvin Ridley story? That that came out of left field. I didn't even hear rumblings about that. That just all of a sudden I went on Twitter and I was like, What? Yeah, I thought it was fake, honestly, at first, because there was so much news earlier in the day about Robbie Anderson, um, Calvin Ridley. All I said, Oh, this has to be fake. And then I look, I was like, Holy crap, it's real. Um, listen, uh, what did I say at the beginning of all this nonsense? I sent you a text. I said, I don't even want to deal. With a hypothetical trade, I want my hypothetical draft picks to stay with me. It's a curse, man. It's a curse for these Falcons wide receivers. I, I, I'm convinced of it. Um, you know, I liked your idea of maybe the Patriots try to, you know, make a long-term, uh, you know, investment here and potentially give the Falcons a fourth-round pick or something for his future because you don't know what's going to happen to him after two years of not playing. You just don't know. So he took it well 
Calvin Ridley. Um, yep. Following the announcement, he tweeted, I bet $1,500 total. I don't have a gambling problem. I don't recall anybody um, saying he had a gambling problem. Yeah, but he made sure to say that. Now, on March 6th, which is yesterday, he did write, I learned from my L's, which tells me he probably knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, so he was preparing because that was kind of just an ominous. I learned from my L's. I was like, okay, good for you, Calvin. And then uh, I bet $1,500. I don't have a gambling problem. I think like a second later, he tweeted, I couldn't even watch football at that point. Then he tweeted, just got, uh, just gone, be more healthy when I come back. He then followed up with saying, I know I was wrong, but I'm getting one year, LOL. Then he tweeted, if you know my character, if you know me, you know my character. Uh, Charles James II, I do have to say, uh, I, I did agree with because uh, Clarence Hill Jr. tweeted, uh, speaking on Twitter is not going to help his case, though, or change the narrative. Uh, Charles James II wrote, what case? He already caught the punishment he's in. Being silent isn't going to change uh, nobody's mind about the situation. He puts uh, the double explanation mark in red on there. Uh, I also saw someone tweet today, which I, I, I thousand percent agreed with. And um, he wrote, you know, Calvin Ridley is, where did you write? Calvin Ridley is getting suspended for a year for betting on games, but they literally tried to pay Brian Flores to tank on his team uh, for the season, but the NFL wants to talk about integrity. Stop it. Um, yeah, the NFL is a yeah. joke. It really is. It really is a joke. Yeah, listen, that's the other thing, too. This punishment, to me, almost doesn't fit the crime. If he had bet some huge amount of money, maybe, if you know, I know there's things with insider uh, information, and they, they want to prevent this stuff as it happens, and things of that nature, but a year just doesn't seem to fit the crime for the amount of money bet he bet on his team to win, which the Falcons didn't do a lot of that. I mean, I could go on and on. It just seems silly. I see this tweet from Evan Lazar right now that makes so much sense. He says, two things can be true. The NFL can't let players and coaches bet on games, and suspending Calvin Ridley for an entire season is way too harsh. Yep. And it's true. There should have been some sort of punishment. $1,500 cost him $11 million this year, by the way. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, my thing is, he, he... He didn't play. It's not like he could affect the outcome of the game by point shaving or anything of that nature. He was off at that point. Yeah, and and I heard the argument made, well, he still has contacts again within the team, so he has insider information. If you prove to me he made like $10 million, I'd be like, okay, there's a problem there. He clearly had some insider information. Doesn't look like he made any money. He bet $1,500, which okay you know for those guys that's a drop in the bucket right so what what's going on here you know you're you're suspending guys for this and you know then you find out other guys are going home beating their you know significant others or their children and exactly i mean if he would have went home and if he would have been arrested for domestic abuse this year he would have served a two-game suspension that's the that's the craziest part of it all that's where roger goodell and the owners are clowns and and just jokes like they and they they they're the butt of everybody's joke because i mean they tried to cover up the ray rice situation you know what i mean i mean here's the best part release the emails in washington you douchebags yeah you know like like sexual assault 
uh, verbal abuse, a toxic workplace environment to women. The NFL is standing their ground and protecting the Snyders and protecting the Washington Commanders, right? But well, how about how about Jerry Jones? You know, it came out about all all the stuff that he's been doing in little pieces, and it just gets completely glossed over because he's one of Roger Goodell's biggest supporters. Uh, the, but it's not just I don't even I don't think this is a Goodell thing. I'm gonna be honest with you. This is an no, owner I, thing. This is the no. billionaires club. This is the billionaires club, dude. Let's let's face it, let's oh, let's I, call I, it for I what it is. We agree with you. I think this is all designed to deflect away from the dolphins thing. And it may seem weird, but I, I re I really do. I well, really I mean it's do. it's just like People are screaming for the emails that came out about the the Washington investigation and Adam Schefter's email confirming a story and John Gruden's racist emails get leaked. And that's it. That's all that's come out. We haven't seen a single email from Snyder. We haven't seen a single email from the, what's his name? The president, whatever his name is. Um, oh, nothing. Yep. And the NFL is just covering the entire thing up. And yet they're going to make an example to Calvin Ridley. I want to say on a, was it this year that they, they made partnerships with like three different gambling websites and three different gambling apps. And they're talking about in stadium gambling and all that kind of thing. And they're going to send an example and say, Calvin Ridley suspended for a year. Get out of here, man. Like that's, yeah, it's the most hypocritical league in the world. Like there's no league more hypocritical than the national football league. Again, this, this, and let's relate it back to Patriots fans. This would be like if James white bet 1500 bucks on the Patriots to win a game. Okay. Big deal. Like, and you, you can say, well, where does it stop for, again for these guys? That that's like the equivalent of betting. Like, I feel like 50 bucks, you know, like you bet 50 bucks on a game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, believe it or not, Mike, we got like three minutes left, so let's quickly talk about this whole Robbie Anderson move. <laughs> um, it sounds like it's not going to happen. It was just exploratory, but we know that the Patriots have been interested. They tried to sign him back in 2019, I believe, uh, before he signed with the Panthers. Could have changed the outcome of the Tom Brady decision in 2020. Sure, they ended up with Antonio Brown instead. We all know how that happened. Uh, what do you think of the news of him trying to uh, make the accusation? And I think I think the question I really want to turn is because I took this as optimistic news, not just necessarily because they're going after Robbie Anderson, but the Patriots are being serious about trying to improve their offense. I guess the only concern that came out of my mind was Bill Belichick at times becomes infatuated with a player, and clearly Robbie Anderson is one of those guys. So does he really want to improve the offense? Is he really looking for the options? Or is this just the Robbie Anderson infatuation? It's hard to say because the Patriots have needed a number one target for so long that it could be a combination of both. He could be infatuated for a good reason. Look at Hunter Henry. You know what I mean? He's been infatuated with him since high school, wanted to draft the kid. Unfortunately, they lost their draft pick that year. Um, in my mind, you know, I'm trying to do some more research on him. To me, he strikes me as a good like 1A, not, not necessarily like a number one, number one receiver. Um, or I should say like a one B rather. Sorry. Um, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to the move if it was the right money, but I, I would kind of be, I would be upset along the lines of what you were saying last night. If they kind of go after a, a questionable guy and don't sign somebody like JC Jackson or a, or a defensive need at the same time. I don't necessarily think that Robbie Anderson's a questionable guy. Mm -hmm. I think though, if you if you bring in Robbie Anderson, you have to have a plan. As much as I've never I've have, I've been against getting rid of Aguilar, even if you bring in that number one guy, yeah, 
I think though, in this situation, if you bring in Robbie Anderson, who I think it's like a twelve or thirteen million dollar cap hit or something of that nature. Yeah, he's not cheap. No, if you bring him in, you have to do something with Aguilar. Like you have to alleviate that salary somewhere else. You have to have a counteracting plan that you know you've got something else set up that Aguilar is going to go somewhere else. But I want to I want to quickly turn. We've got about forty seconds. Um, If the Patriots wouldn't have signed that big money contract to Johnu Smith, this is something I was thinking about today. Would Zach Ertz be a New England Patriot right now? Because that's the guy that Bill Belichick was infatuated with. Well, it could have been the Hunter Henry Zach Ertz combo instead of the Hunter Henry Johnu Smith combo. It could have been. I think they were looking to get young, so maybe not. You know, Zach Ertz is a little bit older, but it could have been. You know, explosive player, great tight end, would have complemented that that idea of a two tight end set really well. So. Possibly. And you know what that music means, Michael? Night, everybody. Thank you, Michael. Producer Mike, ladies and gentlemen. This show flew by today. Oh, my gosh. Flew by. Didn't get to uh, Christian Harris. Could be Dante Hightower's replacement, Alabama linebacker. I'm upset with uh, Major League Baseball, too, by the way. Them and the Players Association, they're deadlock. Anybody who's a baseball fan who expects baseball this season, don't. It's done. We didn't get to Vaughn Miller. First time, 33 years old. This kind of shocked me. 33 years old, first time that the guy's going to be exploring free agency. That's insanity to me. Says he's open and going back to the Rams, but he really wants to see the market. Apparently, he wants big money, and apparently, teams are willing to pay him the big money. What if he ends up back in Denver? Oh. How much do you pay Lamar Jackson? Do you give him $45 million a year, like one of those big number one quarterbacks, or do you give him like $35 million a year? But go for length, go for seven, eight years. Give him that, give him guaranteed money. Give him a Kirk Cousins type of contract, more guaranteed dollars. For longer years. Him playing into his fifth year, though, I mean, you're just, you're playing chicken with him now. That's it, guys. That's it for the podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at RayRouteWeb, R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H-Web. Stay up to date with all our new content as it's released. Uh, we also tweet the news happening around. You can follow us there. Um, if you want stupid opinions, follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Uh, if you want to trigger producer Mike, follow him at MN at MN underscore off topic. Any complaints you have about the show or the content of this show, please direct them to producer Mike at MN underscore off topic. Um, he enjoys interacting with stupid people on Twitter. It's one of his pastimes in life. Uh, he thoroughly enjoys it. He doesn't let it get to him. He doesn't take Twitter too serious. I promise you all. Guys, we've got all your Patriots and NFL content covered. Why wouldn't you tune in to the Dear Pats Nation podcast every single day? Don't forget, we're members of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Head on over to DeanBlundell.com. See everything that I'm doing over there, as well as over 100 podcasts and content creators from sports, news, politics, entertainment, and more. DeanBlundell.com has everything that you're looking for. If you're a fan of the Dear Pats Nation podcast and you're looking for a place to get all of my content, head on over to RayRoute.com. That's R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. You'll find all the latest episodes of the Dear Pats Nation podcast, plus my newest videos, blogs, uh, merch stores, updates, and more. Go check out RayRoute.com. That's R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. That's where you can find all my newest free content all in one place. 
And uh, don't forget, if you're looking for exclusive Deer Pass Nation content, head on over to my Patreon page and become a loyalty club member for only $5 a month. Uh, here are some perks you get for joining the Patreon page. You get the live edition of the Deer Pass Nation podcast every single night of the week. We go uh, live around 8.30-ish. Uh, you get direct access to me. Send me a message. I guarantee I'll answer you back. Uh, your comments and questions will be answered on every episode of the Dear Pass Nation podcast. Plus, every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can join the Patreon hangout with me and all the Loyalty Club members and producer Mike for five bucks. So, you get exclusive videos. You get your comments and questions answered, and you get the Friday night hangout. Guys, five bucks a month. That's one Starbucks coffee a week. A day. I mean, one Starbucks coffee a day. For five bucks a month, come check out the Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash DPN Sports. That's it for the pitches. That's it for the content. We appreciate everyone who listens from all over the world. Prayers to the people of Russia. Prayers to the people of Ukraine. Screw Vladimir Putin. Put Canada on his enemies list today. He reminds me, you guys ever watched The Big Bang Theory? Sheldon Cooper had an enemies list. Putin has one now. It doesn't have a lot of people. Just like every country in the world except for China and Belarus. He made it really simple and just put EU to cover all of Europe. Guys, no matter who you are, no matter what's going on in your life, never, ever forget. You're all legit, kid. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.